Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another episode of the Four Man Rush podcast. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin, Larry, and um, featuring Monty. What up, Monty? <laughs> What's going on, man? Yeah. I'm glad to be back, brother. I'm glad right to be on. back. Man, we're glad you're back, Hey, hey how Cam said it, I got my dog back. Yeah, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up. happy to have my dog back, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be back, brother. I'm, I'm glad glad to be back amongst uh, you great uh, fellas in, in football knowledge, man. So right let's, let's get through it, brother. Right hey, on. I just want to know, can I get my $100 from the milk carton since we don't foul months, you know what I'm saying? I just want my money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I just need a portion of that cut, brother. I just need, That's all I want. I don't want a portion of the cut. That's all. <laughs> Right on, man. Yeah, glad you're back, Monty. For you listeners, um, you know Monty is a part again, a part of the original Four Man Rush crew. Um, if you were listening on episode one, I believe episode two, I believe also, um, you'll notice that Monty was on there, and um, and yeah, that's 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 uh, that's the fourth man right there. So unfortunately, Will's not with us tonight. He has some work to do, uh, you know, because cause we grind like that, folks. And we are the Four Man Rush for a reason. So um, tonight. Our topics are going to be talking about the uh, unfortunate death of one cat man. Um, you know, he's a Winston-Salem native, uh, and which is where I reside. And, you know, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Actually, I almost had the opportunity to work with this dude, man. So um just tells you a lot about, about his background. But we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to um, you know, speak on Mr. Catman. Um, we're also going to talk about Shaq Thompson um, and what he's speaking about you know, wanting to play his entire career here uh, with the Carolina Panthers, you know, which would be a good thing if he if he shows up, you know, to be seen. Um, and, of course, we'll talk about the camp battles, you know, um, speaking of, you know, who's going to be in what lineup and what direction. We'll see what's going on. I mean, it's, a lot of things can happen. Um, you know, camp, camp is a funny thing. Some people show up, some people, you know, fizzle out. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. So, uh, let's go ahead and jump into this. Uh, Monty, since you're back on the stage, we're going to go with you first, man, and then we'll uh, talk to Kevin, uh, my man Larry, and we'll, we'll mix it up as we go. Cool? Yes, sir. All right. So, Larry, I mean, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm used to saying Larry because Monty ain't been here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Monty, I mean, uh, we all, we all, I think all of us have met Catman, if I'm not mistaken. Have you met, do you meet, do you have a chance to meet Catman? No, and I actually that's what was going to be the the first thing I said. I actually didn't have the opportunity to meet him, you know, before before passing. I, I've just only read a lot of great things about him, and you know, just I just being at the games, I, I may have, may have seen him or seen people take pictures with him. I've never, I've personally never got time to meet him, you know, but I've read nothing but great things about him, and you know, and, and I've also seen that he, he's a. a was probably the biggest Panther fan out there, you know. So it was it was a tough day for 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 Panther Nation as a whole, you know. I think that was a big loss, 
from from Pepper fans and just you know just the Carolinas united. You know, I think that that was a real big loss that we took in. You know, and I hate to see it, but I also love that the the, the reception or perception that he got after at passing. You know, how, how many people actually did step up and say how much they loved Catman, and you know, I and mean, I think that's just that's great for for the sport. That's great for the Carolinas, and you know, it, it, it was a sad moment, but I think it, it was a beautiful moment as well. Yeah, it really showed that, that that unity between the Panther Panther fans. You know, two states, one team. You know, uh, Kevin. Kevin, what's your what's your take uh, on on this uh, horrible news, man? Yeah, um, yeah. When I heard about the passing of Catman, it definitely caught me off guard. We're talking about someone that prior to this past 2018 season had been to every single Carolina Panther home game, even in 1995 when he was playing at Clemson. This man was driving from all the way from, I believe, Winston-Salem. Yes, sir. Which is uh, up near your way, Tim, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, you're, you're pretty much talking about the ultimate idealist of what a super fan is for each franchise. You know, um, you know the Jets got Fireman Joe, and, and you know, each franchise had their own quote-unquote super fan, and ours was Catman. So he was someone that I actually got to meet twice actually uh within the last mm. few years mm. uh just running into him outside with other panther fans that were dressed up for the games and you know he was just someone that just came across as had an undying passion for the team i remember reading his story that prior to the panthers coming here he was a green bay packers fan and but he didn't get you know access to maybe to enjoy and watch the team as much as he liked to so when the franchise was awarded to the Carolinas. He decided to immediately switch and shoot a form. You know, we're talking about from 1995 to 2017, you know, this man made sure he was at every game and mm. he was able to be at both Super Bowls. Honestly, it's a, it's a huge loss mm. for not only Carolina Panthers family, but we're talking about someone's father, uncle, uh, brother, you know, so, his, his family, we definitely like send our condolences um, to them. You know, 62 years old, I think it was a, his life was cut short. But, you know, as a man of faith, you know, I don't question God and why he does what he does. But I definitely, I definitely just see him as someone that's definitely going to be missed, but his spirit will live on. And, and definitely uh, glad I got the opportunity to meet him a couple of times that I did. And definitely, uh, wish that every fan had his passion and commitment to the king, you know, unconditionally like him. So uh, he, he will be missed. Larry, uh, did you ever, ever have an opportunity to meet uh Catman and uh, what, what was, what was your take on, on this, uh, uh, on this gentleman? Well, what's crazy is I never actually got to meet him and, hang out with him at an actual Panther game, but I have met the man. Um, a lot of people don't know, but I went to college in North Carolina in Winston-Salem, Winston-Salem State University. Rams, uh-oh. So if, yeah, I'm a Ram. So if you're familiar with uh, Martin Luther King Drive right there, mm-hmm. there's a Sitco gas station mm-hmm. right by the uh, by the entrance to the highway. I believe that's 40 that you get on. Business but, 40, um, yeah. I met him at a Sitco. You know, I was, you know, 20, 20 years old, going in the store to get a beer. It was right after a game that we had lost. It was during the year that we lost 14 games. So I guess we had made it back up to Winston around the same time. So I was walking in the store to get a beer. 
And he happened to be there. And I got to shake his hand and say hello to him. I was drenched in Panther gear. He was drenched in Panther gear. But he showed nothing but love. Also, um, you know, I know that there were some people out there that didn't have the best thoughts about him. And, you know, everybody's individual. But I did realize that he was having some health problems, you know, within the last couple of years. But I think, you know, just like Monty said earlier, I'm just proud of the way Panther Nation has come together. You know, we haven't really seen that kind of unity you know, since the great Sam Mills, to be honest with you. Right. And that speaks volumes to the kind of person that he was. Like you said, like I said, I never met him at a game, but I saw him at every game. I knew where to look at in the stands to see him. He was there and he was present. And he, you know, basically set the foundation on what a Panther fan is supposed to be, what kind of energy we're supposed to bring. So mm. I have nothing but respect for the man. And just like Kevin, he's God-fearing. I'm a faithful brother as well. I believe that, you know, he's probably in the best place because he was a great person and he showed what dedication was mm. and what passion was. So those are things that I'm always going to remember about him. Uh, you know, in my, my personal story, um, now I didn't get the chance to meet him, you know, in, in Winston-Salem, but, you know, I met him at the game. Um, you know, in passing, you know, cat man, man, you can't miss the guy, you know. Um, give him a pound, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, keep pounding, man, keep pounding, yeah, you know. Um, but you know, just just give you guys a little a little extra history on on, on this this man. Um, so before I got into the entrepreneur stage, I worked as a teaching assistant for a special needs school, um, Carter High School. Um, it used to be called Main Street, um, off of Main Street, South Main. You know, you know, pretty sure Larry, you know where South Main is. Yeah, heading that heading in that direction. I do. Yeah, so the, that's where that's where the special needs um, school was, right? And Catman used to work there, right? So he was he was working with special needs kids for years um, before before he went to went to a, another direction. And um, so the folks I worked with also worked with him, right? And I, I knew of him on a personal level before I even put two and two together because um, I didn't know that was the man they were talking about. He he was a hell of a guy, man, for real. I mean, he he loved those kids and they loved him, man, and you know. And it, it it showed his his passion for for life, his passion for the Panthers. You know, it it, it correlated with that with that as well, man. I, he he was a hell of a guy, y'all. He sure was. Yeah, but we gonna keep. We, I know he can hear us, man. We gonna keep pounding for you, bro. It's gonna be a special season. Believe that. Um, so let's talk about an individual who's gonna be a part of this special season, uh, Mr. Shaq Thompson. Apparently, he wants to play his entire career. As a Carolina Panther, just like, well, almost like TD, damn it. <laughs> I was going to say, just like, no, 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 no. Um, but, um, so, Monty, uh, Shaq Thompson wants to play here, man. Rest of his career. Can it be done? Can, can, it, can be done? it be done? It, it is the question, you know. I think that's the question we all been asking and, and wanting to get the answer for for the last four years, three or four years. Um, <laughs> I you know I, I I go on record as saying I haven't been the biggest Shaq fan since since drafting him, but um, hmm. but I I do believe that he has the skill set to to be a, a valuable replacement for TD, and I it is great to know, and and, and it's, I guess it's heartwarming to know that he wants to be a Panther his entire career. Just the question I have is you know. Can can we get that same type of you know commitment and heart on the field, and and what will it lead to? Not only being productive, but will it lead to uh, ascending this defense from just being a, a okay defense from 
2018 to being back to a top 10 to elite defense in 2019. So, you know, I, I love to hear that news that he wants to be here in Carolina. Um, I'm a hundred percent on the notion that I have to see it to believe it. And, and what I mean by that is I have to, I have to just see that that transition from being TD's backup to being a full-time star at linebacker in this defense and, and with, with the with our scheme with, with with the defense transitioning the way as, as has been and with, with adding the pieces to that defense i believe it, it is possible but i'm you know I, i'm reserving all my opinions on Shaq until i see it on the field man yeah i want you on that one man <laughs> proof's in the pudding that gummit let's see let's see you ride Shaq. let's see you ride a- absolutely you know and, and we, we Again, this time last year, and that reason for me saying that I, I, I bought into the hype of it being the year of 54, and I, I admit I was a little disappointed last year. <laughs> I believe he showed, he flashed in, in a lot of ways, but I also yeah. feel, you know, that we we miss TD in a lot of ways as well. And, and until I until I can see it, man, I'm, I'm just gonna reserve my opinion on Shaq. I feel you, man. Kevin, what you think, man? Well, me being the opposite of money, you know, I was, I've been a big fan of Shaq Thompson. Actually noticed him before he was on our draft radar uh, playing at the uh, University of Washington where he, you know, played safety linebacker and even some running back. And, you know, just up late one night, you know, catching college football highlights, you know, I'm seeing a stat line like, wow, who rushes for 50 yards with a touchdown and also <laughs> <laughs> 10 tackles. I'm like, what kind of guy is this? You know, transformer or something? You know, I was just like, <laughs> who's this guy? You know, so, you know, once once he started getting on our radar a little bit and and we drafted a guy, I was like, oh, that's that dude. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go. You know, let's go to work. But, yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Shaq Thompson. I'm a little bit more lenient as far as – I guess his lack of standout production, he's had several flashes, um, uh, several moments to flash his ability. I mean, let's give props where credit's due. He's been playing behind two pro bowlers and all pro caliber linebackers with Luke Keekley and and Shaq Thompson. And as we discussed previously with the Foreman Rush podcast episodes, you know, we've been using a lot of nickel packages, you know, primarily over the, since the time that he's been here, you know, the league average. You know, if I'm not mistaken, you know, we were about 65, 70% of our defensive snaps is in nickel. So with our nickel only being four down linemen, two linebackers, you know, of course, Keekley's in and Thomas Davis in. So what does that leave Shaq? And I also look at the fact that from 2016 to 2018, you know, also three different defense coordinators, you know, Sean McDermott, um, then also uh, Steve Wilkes. And then technically you kind of can say four, you know, uh, also, um, God, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, golly. yeah, Eric Washington and heck Rivera took over the last six games. If I'm not recalling. So you can technically say, mm-hmm. you know, four defensive coordinators, you know, that Shaq Thompson has, you know, gotten play calling from, and he's played, you know, three different positions. I just think that in his fifth year, Lead that man at linebacker. I understand that he's versatile. You know, if the matchup allows for him to be do something different, so be it. But primarily let that man, you know, be uh, Luke's sidekick and and let him run loose because I've seen this man have games where he had nine, ten tackles, a couple of tackles for losses. I've seen the stats showing that for outside linebackers, 
he had one of the higher blitz success ratios. So, you know, we're talking about putting pressure, you know, on the quarterback. I mean, he had three and a half sacks by himself last year, along with six quarterback hits. So, you know, getting to the quarterback is something that's that's part of his arsenal. So I definitely look forward for the opportunity to him to be to be used to where he can consistently make plays. And I just think that that with the with Rivera's, Rivera's play calling and with us going to this hybrid look back and forth between the 4-3 philosophy and the 3-4 philosophy, I'm looking forward to Shaq Thompson having that big breakout season, not only just plays but stats-wise, that, that will show the reason why he was drafted our first-round pick back in 2015. So definitely looking forward to it, and I, I think he's going to – I think he's gonna make me look like a smart man six months from now. Larry, what you think, bro? Yeah, and and Kev, if I can just kind of, you know kind of kind of piggyback off that, I I agree with you with a, with a lot that we have seen Shaq shown huge flashes from from you know from year one to year three, and I you know and and I don't want to come off as the guy bashing Shaq because I I do believe Shaq has the potential to be a star in this league and I, and especially in this new system. It's just, you know, and I, and I think that's just the word or, or the, the term for the Carolina Panthers in general is just consistency. I have to mm. consistently see you produce at a high level. And that's just what we haven't seen from Shaq. And and now you proved a great point as well. Having four different coordinators in three seasons doesn't doesn't really help that. You know, you, you, that, that continuity isn't there when, you know, when we, we every year you have to look at a new defense or, or play in a different scheme. Yeah. So yeah. I, that, that's a great point. And I do hope the best for Shaq. You know, I, I said, I say, I hope he goes on to have a pro bowl all pro year for us. Cause I, I feel if we can get that type of production out of Shaq, that just makes our defense that much more elite. And I'm, you know, and I feel like with this new defensive scheme, we can very well see an elite type defense that we've seen like, like from previous years from 2015 or 2013, I think we can get back to that type of defense. So I, I agree with you. Those are very great points. Well, yeah, of course, one of the biggest words in our franchise is consistency. Amen. I do agree with you guys with that. <laughs> but to get consistency, you need stability. True. And like you've mentioned, four different coordinators, three different positions, inconsistent number of snaps from year to year because you don't know when TD is going to retire. You don't know when he's going to play, et cetera, et cetera. I think the most important word is stability. So it's his position to lose at this point. That's the stability right there. Know the scheme that you're going to be playing in this year. That's some more stability for you. Mm. And on top of that, we're paying this man $9 million. We picked up his option last year. I'm not going to change now. You know, I've been a believer in this system that Ron Rivera has been pushing for nine years now or eight years. I'm not going to change. Somebody in that front office believes he can go to the next level, so I'm going to believe it too. But I'm also going to do my homework. And these are some, these are the reasons why I think he will succeed in a new scheme. He'll be playing inside the box a lot more as an inside 3-4 linebacker. Mm. I automatically expect his production to, to go up. He's going to get more tackles. He's going to have more opportunities to blitz and show off his strengths. Everybody, you know, A lot of people don't know he's an exceptional pass rusher. He's got a go-to move. Mm -hmm. He's got power moves. And he's physical. And I think one thing that the whole Panther Nation can agree, he brings the boom. Yeah. And that's what you need when you're playing in this scheme. And that's what you need when you're playing to excel at what you do. When you look at uh, Shaq and Luke Keekley, they're very incredible athletes. They'll be able to go sideline to sideline. 
I think a lot of Luke's strengths are going to complement Shaq's strengths. So to answer your question, I do expect a big year, but I won't be surprised if he has one because, you know, it's right there on the wall. Everything that we've been doing up to this point shows that Shaq should actually have an incredible day, uh, incredible year this year, and I expect No, he's learned, he's learned from some great, great linebackers. You know, Rivera excluded. You know, TD and Kate, uh, uh, Luke alone, you know. Wow. If if he doesn't shine this year, the, we, we know something. But like you guys said, I mean, everything is pointing to him having a huge year. Now, my thing is, <laughs> we're going to have to make a choice on some money. That's all I'm saying. We got to sign Cam pretty soon. You know, that, that D-line situation, are we going to be able to afford a, another Pro Bowl linebacker next to Luke if, if, Shaq, if, if Shaq has that killer year? That's, that's the thing I'm worried about. Absolutely, and, and Tim, you prove, you make a great point there, and I believe that's kind of another re- point that goes into my reasoning with me reserving my opinion is how how do we pay Shaq Thompson? And let's you know, and I'll, I'll even throw another monkey wrench in, in the system. Let's say J- James Bradbury goes on to have a great year as well. Mm. You know, let's let, it, it, even if it's not a Pro Bowl s type year, let's just say Bradbury goes on and produces and has a great great year. Who do you choose? You know, who <laughs> who do you choose and, and add to, to to pay? You know, because now you have James Bradbury, you'll have Shaq Thompson, Cam going into a contract year. You know, and let's not forget, Luke Keekley is coming, uh, coming up on, on another yeah. contract We're going to sign him soon. Right, absolutely. You know, I, can answer the question. I can answer that question for you, Monty. They're going to choose Shaq. Yeah. Not because yeah. I have anything against Bradbury, but let's look at your head coach. He's a linebacker. Yeah. He believes in having a good linebacker core. If he can get a Pro Bowl linebacker, you can bet your, you can bet your last dollar he's going to try to sign him. Oh, and, and, they, uh, what you say? No, no, continue. I'm sorry. I also think that, you know, Bradbury should also have a great year. I think, honestly, when you look at both of those two players right there, I need both of them to have the same type of year. Mm-hmm. And we can cross that bridge when we get there. But the way I'm looking at things, there's also some guys that are taking up a lot of a lot of our money that we can actually free up. I don't think Greg Olson's going to play after next year. I don't know that we're going to keep Poe after next year. Mm-hmm. So we can't even really go into it like that about where the money is going to go. I think a good GM crosses that bridge when he gets there while also preparing at the same time. If Marty Herney is going to be the same guy that he's been the last two years, he'll find a way to get both of them signed if they both deserve to be Carolina Panthers, to be honest with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And let, now let me say this. I'm sorry, Tim. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you good, I man. agree with you, Larry, that with with Ron Rivera being a linebacker and, and, and him putting more continuity into or or just more faith into that front seven than he does the, the back four. I I totally agree that I believe Shaq probably would win that battle in a contract debate debate. Uh, debate I'm sorry between James Bradbury and Shaq. But my question, but also I oppose. I'm just me playing devil advocate here. We've seen what it looks like when we lose one of our better starting corners. And we've also seen that Jan- that Ron Rivera really likes James Bradbury and just like he really likes Shaq Thompson. You know, so I don't think it would be as easy as a decision to say, well, because Shaq, I mean, because Ron played linebacker, he would side with Shaq more. But I do agree with you that Shaq. Has also, I, I believe that if we're going to look for a long term, Shaq actually poses the the higher ceiling than James Bradbury. So, I mean, very great points. I I do agree with you there, Larry. 
And this is where Panther Nation can go ahead and get their tea. They get to take a little take a little dive into our chat. So yeah, I understand all those points as well. But you gotta look you gotta look at what's behind Luke and Shaq. Very promising young athletes. I like Mr. Carter. I mm-hmm. like Smith. I mm-hmm. like the guy that we brought in from Cal. Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, those guys are, you know, fourth and fifth rounders. If you lose out on James Bradbury, it'll hurt. But you got a budding star in, in, in Dante Jackson that you can build around. That's so true. I think you got to look at the strengths of your entire defense. You lose Shaq, you might not have anybody else to put at put next to Luke. And then Luke is getting older as well. Shaq might actually be the heir to Luke. You never know. No, that's true. You mess around and lose a guy like Bradbury, you do know that you have another corner that's a budding star, getting better every year, somebody that you might be able to build around as well. Mm. So I think if I either way you slice it, we're taking the L if you got to lose one of them. Mm. It's an L for mm. all, everybody. But it's about recovering from that L, and I think we're in a better position right now to recover at corner than we would be at linebacker. Yeah, Kevin, you have, Kevin, you have anything to say? Yeah, while y'all was discussing, I, I went ahead and, you know, got my nerd on and decided I'd look up, you know, some numbers here for us. And uh, this source, by the way, you know, to like in clear is coming from overthecap.com is uh, where I'm going to quote this information from just to put clarity on that. Yeah, man. So I took a look at the uh, upcoming 2020 salary cap situation for Carolina Panthers. And as we stand as of right now, as because it's dated as of today, uh, we're going to have about $39.5 million in salary cap space based on the contracts that expire at the end of this year. Now, we was just touching on, you know, some guys that, you know, who potentially could be, we could move on from to increase to that. For example, Larry, you brought up Greg Olson. I'm looking at his cap hit here by, you know, him, either us releasing him or him um, retiring. That would add uh, $9 million to the cap right there. Uh, the biggest one, though, would be Don Terry Poe. Releasing him would add almost $11 million. So you're talking about between just moving on from Poe and Olsen, that's another $20 million um, that's going to be added. So that would have us sitting right at $60 million, which is right around where we was at in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, when – our former GM, David Getterman, was able to, you know, go out there and acquire a lot of talent. So, you know, looking forward to it with Herney, with the way he's been the last couple of years, I think if you get Marty Herney $60 million, I think with the way he's been negotiating restructuring deals, if both James Bradbury and Shaq Thompson perform, I think that there'll be, you know, enough money to keep both guys. I definitely think that if a guy like Jeremy McCoy, who I expect to perform as well with his one-year deal, I definitely think he could, you know, be resigned as well. So I think that with the right moves, you know, next offseason, we can really have a very nice salary cap situation to maintain our core players and get them extended and still have the money to take care of uh, Luke in 2021 and Cam in 2020. So, yeah, it's it's potentially there for us to maintain our core if we make the uh, right financial decisions on yeah, players. They... Well, listen, I don't have no doubts in number one. I know everybody talking about this surgery, the surgery, the shoulder surgery stuff. I have no doubts. I know he's going to have an outstanding year. 
So as long as we're able to take care of him and take care of the guys we were just talking about, I'm cool. But like you said, with Herney, I'm looking at what he was able to do with, with no money. True. So you give that man $60 million, I have no doubts, man. I have no concerns, to be honest with you guys. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, that was an interesting discussion. I can't wait to week one so we can see some real stuff. But anyway, speaking of battles, camp's coming. There's going to be some camp battles. Now, we spoke about this last week, um, but there are several positions on this team that if you look at it, folks, uh, huh, there are questions up in the air. Um, so uh, let's start with uh, let's start with uh, Larry on this one, man. Hey, uh, so do you, is there a particular position that you're looking at, uh, Larry, that – Probably gonna have a significant battle going on. I mean, I pretty much have addressed the the battles that I'm concerned, but I'm more really just excited to get the camp. You know, we only about what yeah, twelve, Two, thirteen days yeah, away man. right there. But um, definitely corner is something that I'm interested in. Not so much the outside. I'm this is yeah. the first year ever. I'm like, oh, I'm confident with <laughs> James Bradbury and Dante yeah. on the outside. It's been a but minute. I want to take advantage of Dante's versatility. I want to be able to put him at the nickel. Mm. I want him to be able to line up at safety. Mm. For you to do that, you got to have good depth behind those guys. So I'm really concerned about who who's going to be that third guy. Whether it's uh, Kevon Seymour, Russ Cockrell. Even my boy Corn Elder that I've been a big fan of the last few mm. years. So corner is definitely something I'm interested in. I also want to see how the how the D line is going to shape up. Um, I know we got some big names down, like your Kawan Short, Gerald McCoy, you got your you know, your Mario Addison, you got your Bruce Irvin, but I wanna know where Kyle Love is gonna fit into this group as well. Because he was an asset for us last year. I just wanna see how that shapes up. That's not necessarily a battle, but I just want to see how that rotation unfolds. And lastly, how does House offensive line going to unfold? Uh, you know, Mr. Van Roven said he's not giving up his spot. So if we take that as law, you got Greg Little, Daryl Williams, and Taylor Moten fighting for the, the two tackle spots. So I think, you know, me being a hog molly expert, as Kevin would say, Mm-hmm. That's probably my most intriguing position to look at. I want to see how that offensive line is going to shape up, regardless of the positions. But who is going to be the best five? That's what I'm mostly concerned with. Mm. Monty. Yeah, you know, uh, I think Larry hit it on the head with the with the nickel with the nickel corner position battle. Uh, I think that's going to be very intriguing. But um, in, in it's crazy because every other year, I, probably the offensive line probably will be one of the things I'm least worried about. And this year, and I don't want to say, let me not say worried, but in, in, intrigued to see how it plays out in, in camp. The offensive line probably will be my number one thing that I'm looking forward to seeing. You know, like 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 Larry said, Van Roden's not going out quietly, and you know, I, I think that that does nothing but breed success. You know, iron right. the iron sharpening iron thing is very true, and mm-hmm. I think getting guys like Van Roden to 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 bring is going to just going to bring the best out of guys like Greg Little, or going to bring the best out of other uh, other some of our other young guys. And you know, I I want to see how the tackle position is, is locked down. You know, I want to see how Darrell Williams is going to look coming off that knee injury. You know, I want to see the progression from year two to three for with Taylor Moten. You know, I think think those are going to be huge things and very, very things that we have to um, keep our eye on come camp time. And I think 
as well the backup running back position. You know, I, I think for for so long, so so many Panther fans are, are wondering or are worried about how we're going to protect Christian McCaffrey and how we're going to take some of the load off of Christian McCaffrey. And I think the the backup running back position is going to be a huge thing to talk about this uh, come come camp time because you know just like I'm with everybody else on, we want to get the best out of Christian McCaffrey. And if that means adding another running back to kind of take some of that load off, I'm all for it. You know, and if that means that he has to touch the ball 300 times this year, I'm all for it, to be honest, you know, but I think those are, those are probably my biggest things. Just the backup running back position, our offensive line and the nickel corner position. Hey, Monty, I know he ran the same 40 time as you. Listen, I'm all in. I'm all in the holy field. You hear me? Hey, hey, man. Hey, look, brother. A, a slow brother's got. We, we got to make a living somehow, dog. We, we got to make a living somehow, man. Uh, Kevin, what you no, saying, bro? Honestly, I'm as far as addressing that position, man. I, I really am all in the holy field. Just because when you watch him at Georgia, you know his forty time. You don't really see him on tape. He's explosive as I don't know what, man. In short spaces, through the gaps, he's physical. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So he, you know, he brings a skill set that would be valuable, something that I necessarily haven't seen from Cameron Artis Payne. Although Artis Payne, honestly, is one of my favorite guys, too, just because when given opportunities, he's been productive. Well, Larry, that's what I was actually going to say. I'm I'm looking forward to see what Cap brings to the, you know, brings being now that he has a real opportunity of securing a backup position. So, you know, because before I, I really don't feel we get really gave him a, a true opportunity to, to or a, a real chance of winning an opportunity at backup running back. Now I feel like that that is more presenting itself to be true. I So I want to see what Cap is going to do. You know, I feel like we so often do we forget that in college, Cameron, I Spain led the SEC in rushing yards. You know, I feel like it's it's been so long since that we we forget that when Ke- when Kevin Artis Payne is healthy and when we can have a solid offensive line, he can be a very good running back or, or a very good addition to that running back room. You know, so I I definitely want to like to see what Cat brings in. and the guy from Florida. I, I think he's I, I honestly think he brings the best skill set that that is compatible with Christian McCaffrey in my opinion. You know, from from just being a hard nosed runner. To being able to catch the ball out the backfield, like you said, with Holyfield, I think those are two things that we that we really are looking forward to addressing with, when adding a, another running back. And I feel like he brings the best skill set for that. But I again, I like Holyfield as well. I think Holyfield is, is a uh, what C. Smith you says is a bull in a china shop. And you know you you it's, you're not come fourth quarter you're not going to be quick to run and try to tackle Holyfield just from his bruising style yeah. of running. So yeah. I, I think we're in a great position this offseason to seeing a lot of young talented guys get a shot at a backup running back position, and I'm just excited to be there for it, man. I think it's going to be a, a great this offseason. Hey Kev, I'm gonna let you go next, but just to add to Monty's point, man, this competition that we got going on right now. Very, very, very similar to the 2015 year. We have so much competition in a, a, a lot of different positions, and I think we're going to end up cutting some really, really good football players. I'm hoping, Kev, you're going to tell me that, you know, your position of concern is receiver, because that's one I didn't mention, but I'll let you cover it. But, you know, behind our big studs, Kurt, Curtis Samuel, you know, DJ Moore, Jerry is right. I'm going to include him as a lock. I don't care what nobody else in Panther Nation is saying. He's Mr. Third Down. He's my favorite receiver on the roster that gets overlooked. But what about those veterans? Y'all think that uh, 
Who you think is going to go? I don't think we can keep all of them. What you think, Kev? Well, that wasn't my position I can go with, but since you uh, attached my name to it, I'm going to go ahead and give you my thoughts. You know, top two positions are without doubt, you know, DJ Moore, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I mean, you know, we're talking about the best of the Swiss Army Knives that we can put at that position with their playmaking and their uh, position flexibility to be pretty much lined up anywhere outside of offensive line or quarterback. So uh, those go without saying. But for me, hey, <laughs> I, I may I know I'm gonna be the minority, but you know, you mentioned Mr. Third Down. I'm gonna mention Mr. Long Down. You know, Tory Smith. <laughs> uh, I know that he was has been the vial of many Panther fans for this contract and this, that, and the third. I mean, you know, just from studying him exclusively from last year with us and seeing the missed opportunities, like, seriously, fellas, all joking aside, if you take your personal feelings about him outside and just watch on film, Torrey Smith was leaving foods wide open on several plays last year, but Cam just didn't have the arm strength to give him the ball deep. It was just one particular play against the Giants. I mean, he had dude beat by at least four or five yards, waving his hand. I mean, you couldn't get any more open, but, you know, Cam shot a, you know, shot a dud down and it just didn't get there. And I'm just like, wow, it's like at least three or four games I looked at that Torrey Smith played in before he got injured where, you know, he's he done, he done beat his man. So he's someone that, that I'm definitely looking forward to making an impact this year. And I had the big statistics to justify the belly aching of a lot of of the fans that don't like him, but I can see him being that silent killer that he might not get, but maybe two or three catches a game, but it's going to be big. It's going to be chain movers. It's going to be momentum shifters because with all the talk of everybody else, a guy like him left one-on-one with a healthy Cam Newton arm with a North Turner offense. Yeah. Torres Smith is definitely my guy that I see being um, an impact player at the wide receiver position. Uh, Also, let's talk about Mr. Chris Hogan. He was someone that, I kind of, you know, paid attention to in New England when I found out that he was a, uh, I think he was a lacrosse player, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, all right, let's see what Brady does with this. You know, Brady is known to just take anybody and 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 make something out of him because I'm not mistaken, Amendola used to be a quarterback. You know, so I'm like, all right, let me check out Mr. Hogan. And and what I saw from him is someone that just constantly able to get open. For those that don't know, the nickname for Chris Hogan is Mr. 7-Eleven because he's always open. So he's someone that I, I definitely can see us, you know, keeping. Under Herney, our final roster, we've always kept six wide receivers. So for me, give me more. Give me Samuel. Give me Mr. Third Down. Jerry is right. Give me Torrey Smith. Give me Chris Hogan. That last battle, hey, it's, it's, some, it's some guys on there that's going to have to do some special teams work to get in there. But, you know, guys like Ross and uh, I forgot the other guy we signed. Um, Robinson. Yeah, him. Now, him. I saw a little bit of film on him. He's nice as well. So that sixth spot is going to be more. It's going to be more so. Okay, what can you do outside of running routes to earn the spot? Because we got to get some special team value at the bottom of the roster. But and you know, as far as Robert, and please don't leave out my Georgia boy. Come on now. I think he yeah, spot he, too, he, so. he he makes some he makes some he makes some eyes open. I tell you that, man. But we're gonna they're gonna have three tight we're gonna have three tight ends, bro. We, we we got we got two. Yeah, I definitely think we keep three three tight ends. Um, you know, if just nothing for 
offensive line purposes and, and, and helping with, with protection. But um, I didn't mean to cut you off, Tim. Oh, no, that's all I'd say. But, but, Kev, what you said about Torrey Smith, I think, was spot on. And just to piggyback off that a little bit more, I think the, the problem with a lot of Panther fans is he doesn't have those huge glorifying stats or those huge glorifying catches that we all love to see. But I think Torrey Smith absolutely does a lot of the ugly things when it comes to playing receiver right. And and that that may never show up on the stat sheet. That may be that may be that may be something that we can't I'm sorry, I can't talk about that. That we don't see <laughs> that that's tangible that I guess that we could say, well, this makes him a great receiver. But I, I believe again, I'm going as far as to say he had, if not the biggest, one of the biggest catches for Panther Nation last year against Philadelphia. Yeah, that's really yeah, yeah. You know, that they, no, that that fourth down, fourth catch down yeah, man. With, 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 so with somebody all over Cam's legs, you know, he comes down with with a huge fourth down catch, and not only mm. does he not only secures the catch, turns up field and you know goes for extra ten to twelve yards. Yeah, man. That, I feel like that that just embodies what Torrey Smith does for this offense. You know, again, he might not have the the crazy numbers, but he does a lot of the ugly things right. And you know, and I think that is, that just can't that has that can't go unnoticed. Now moving forward with the roster. You know, I, y'all know how I feel about DJ Moore. DJ Moore is going to be a stud. It's it's just a matter Man. of when it happens and not if. I think it's just a matter of when he when are we going to see that next step from DJ Moore. Same way, you know, and and I'm kind of going grown into uh, Curtis. Sam, I believe Curtis Samuel may have just as high a ceiling as DJ Moore. And I, you know, I, y'all know I'm a bigger fan of DJ Moore than Curtis Samuel. But I think Curtis Samuel has proven that. When he's healthy, and if we can get the ball in his hands, the guy is a flat-out stud. You know, he, you know, he him, the, him getting to the end zone is something that he show he can do on a regular. And then adding other offensive pieces like getting Greg Olson back and being healthy, I feel like that's going to help. That's going to go. That's going to do num huge for what what you know what our guys are looking forward to do as production wise or to grow into that next position. Then you got Christian McCaffrey growing us and becoming and growing into his own, and then. Ian Thomas, I think that he's going unnoticed you know, in a lot of different places. And then, yeah, like what, what Larry said, Mr. Third Down, Jerry's Wright probably is my second favorite receiver on the roster. You know, I think he he definitely goes unnoticed a lot more than what people should. You know, I, I think he's, he's a, a stud. He, I think he's the best route runner on our roster right now. You know, and probably has the best hands on our roster as well. Well, for receivers anyway. And then Chris Hogan, you know, we all know what Chris Hogan has done in New England, and I feel like that – can't go unnoticed as well, but you know, I I definitely think that Herney has done a great job of adding a lot of valuable pieces to the offense. To where now you can literally say, pick your poison. You know, Tory Smith can beat you downfield just as much as Curtis Samuel can beat you downfield. You know, you have Jarius Wright that's that's amazing from the slot, just like you can get put line DJ Moore into the slot. And you know, and I feel like that 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 position fluidity and, and just being able to put so many different guys in so many different positions is going to be huge for us in this offense next year, man. Monty is back. Yeah, he's back, and I agree with all of his points. But I kind of uh, I volunteered Kevin into that receiver position. I'm, I'm sure he might have been looking at a different battle. Did you want to cover that before we moved on, Kev? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely gonna get to that, but real quickly, you know, we was talking about, um, you know, one more thing about Torch. I don't, I don't know if a lot of Panther fans probably got. Y'all remember week two Atlanta when Cam went to slide and that safety did oh, the yeah. dirty. 
get oh, hit yeah. on cam. Oh, yeah. And Tory Smith yoke dude up. Tory, Yo. Tory's about to choke that dude out, bro. <laughs> Yo, like, like that was like a wrestling move Tory Smith did on old boy. You know, he got the penalty or whatever, but yeah. it's not, nah, you know, that's his quarterback. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot yeah. of people forgot about it. It felt like vintage yeah. Steve Smith. That's what it felt like. You know, and and again, that's you know, you want to go to war with guys like that. You know, right. I, I don't I, you know, it, it costs us a penalty. I, I do get it. But those are guys you want to go to war with. Guys that are going to protect their quarterback, but guys that that that's gonna draw a line in the sand and say, you know, this is what we're going to accept. This is not this is what we're not going to accept. And, you know, it, 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 if it caused me losing 15 yards to protect my quarterback, so be it. And, you know, and I love that. And, again, he might not have the, the crazy 1,000-yard season that, you know, that, that so many fans are, are hanging their hat on. But the guy does a lot of the ugly things when we're, we're playing receiver right. And, and that's one thing I love about Torres Smith. Yeah, and the, and the guy from Atlanta, his name, I just looked up, was uh, Casey. K-A-Z-E-E. He was the guy that took the cheap shot as Cam and sliding um, mm. on a fourth down conversion, and, and that's who Torrey Smith yoked up. So oh, from ass. that, man, Torrey Smith won me over even more with that. As far as my position goes, I pretty much touched on the ones that I'm, I typically like, so I just want to throw a little curve at it. You know, I'm looking at what I call blue-collar players that's battling, not only for a spot on the team, but for getting reps in the game. And, you know, if y'all know me, y'all probably know where I'm going with this. You know, my man Alex Armour, you know, a lot of people, well, I ain't going to say a lot, but I've read some articles suggesting that he might get cut because, you know, based on a number of reps and he's not really doing anything different than the third tight end, Manhurst, and, you know, nobody uses a fullback anymore, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm looking forward to, you know, Armageddon to, you know, show why that the fullback position under a North Turner offense is still something to be accountable for in the, uh, in today's NFL. So I'm looking for Alex Harmon to get his because, you know, me last week when it was just me and you and ran that cover one, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, by ourselves, you know, we was talking about, uh, you know, how in the practices and OTA so far, how Armour was getting, you know, open downfield. And mm-hmm. I mean, they talking about catching passes 20, 30 yards downfield. So, you know, I, I definitely like to see him get us, you know, a couple of shots a game to, to make an mm-hmm. impact, you know, with the ball in that aspect. Uh, another blue collar guy that I think is going to have to be in a battle is is probably the number one villain of a lot of Panther fans, Vernon Butler Jr. Um, I, I can understand why the frustration. It's not his fault he was drafted that high by Gettleman, but at the end of the day, he still is labeled a bust because he was drafted in the first round. The fact that he came in 20 pounds lighter showed me that on his own, he realized that you know it's, it's, it's time to put up or shut up. And, you know, everybody's pretty much hyped about who the starting defense lineman is in our 30 front. I, I was looking at focusing on who are the, the defense linemen that's going to rotate in to keep everybody fresh. You know, Larry was hitting on it earlier about, you know, how Kyle Love fit in. You know, does he play the nose behind Poe? You know, does he go out to the, you know, defensive end where he can play either the three, four, or five technique? You know, I think, you know, with but- a guy like Butler, you can line him up in any one of the three. Uh, defensive line positions in our 30 front sets. That, that's something looking at. And something that a lot of us ain't talked about behind the scenes uh, as much, the depth at safety. You know, everybody's so worried about what Gordon's going to do, which I think he's going to secure the uh, position at safety. But we'll we'll see. He's got to earn it. Don't want nothing to give it to him. But I'm looking at a lot of these young guys on our roster that's going to have a chance to get 
the other two, possibly three spots. So I, I think that safety is going to be a spot. You know, there's a backup safety role is going to be a battle. I definitely think the defensive line rotation is going to be a battle. And, uh, you know, guys like, you know, as I mentioned, Armour, Manhurts, you know, I know they're not going to get huge reps when the game comes, but I want them to get enough reps to where they're allowed to make an impact because when given opportunities, these guys have definitely shown that they can, you know, be the, the, the solid killers in a game where they don't blow up the stat sheet, which I think fantasy football has ruined a lot of football fans' perspective of how a game is impacted. But I think that these guys had opportunity to make impact plays when they are in the game. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing when coming to camp, how those players at those positions um, work out. Hey, Kev, save your emotions about Armour, man. He ain't going nowhere. I don't care what, whoever you're listening to, whatever article's being put out there, we don't use the fullback. Those people don't study film and they don't study the system. Yeah, Noah Turner uses the fullback. Norm he's uses the fullback. Really, really good one, Heck so. yeah, man. He's, he ain't going nowhere. Don't even, don't even let nobody get into your head about that. I love Armour just like you do. And he's actually a big key to what we do on offense. So I expect to see him there for many, many years. Yeah, I think he's going to act a fool next year, man. Well, this this upcoming season, I think he's going to act a fool, bro. Looking, wow. and you know he's ready to put somebody in the arm bar if you don't like it. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for that as well. He will know? choke you out. He will choke exactly, you out. Monty, you said about that with Smith. He, you know, we got to have guys we can go to war with. That's the last thing I'm ever worried about in our locker room. You see what Gerald McCoy did. Man. You see how much money he turned down. You know what the coach is like in our locker room. Man. We ain't even worried about going to war with nobody. I don't think Man. nobody wants no smoke with us. No. Especially in the NFC South, when it comes no. to fighting, playing, whatever, I just want to win games at this point. We're gonna run the South. I just want to have about three or four guys that got the the spirit of swole bones when it comes to protecting Cam. You know what I'm saying? That 2014 Rumble boy, we he knocking dudes out with their helmets on. That's what oh, I'm the Saints, about. the Saints game. <laughs> you talking about the Saints game, huh? Yeah, the Saints game yeah. where we. Uh, yeah, when we uh when we went on that um run to making it to the playoffs, yeah, that that fight that uh at the Cam scored and I think it was Vilma yeah. or somebody tried to you know yep. didn't like Cam and yeah, nah, yeah it was your to... very own it was your very own Roman Harper came through with that smoking Steve had to choke him up right that's the same game no 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 nah. you're talking about, that was 2012 no, I'm talking oh, so about we, so you basically saying we've been we've been beating up Saints basically oh for sure right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, oh, when the Saints. So I know what you're talking about. You're talking about with Swole Bones. Uh, Swole Bones was He was throwing bolos, bro. He was throwing bolos. Right. Yes. Bro, Swole yeah, yeah. Bones almost broke somebody in two, dog. That, that was the crazy <laughs> yeah. part of two, bro. And with nobody yeah, trying so, to grab him, neither. Nobody. So here's the thing. Even though the Saints have won five of the last six against us, we still lead the all-time series. So let's let you know how long we was beating up on Saints. You know, until our last few years. So mm. we're going to get things back right. We're bringing the brooms this year. Yeah. Six and oh in the division. Yeah. I'm going to say it first. Facts. Six and oh. Oof. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. We'll see. We'll see if you're right about that, man. I hope you are. <laughs> I can't stand Saints fans. Uh, if you're a Saints fan, my apologies. I'm just keeping it 100. Some 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 of your cohorts, it might have been you. Some of your cohorts are just not very friendly, so I'm just gonna just say that and be done with it. All right now. 
Hey, I live in Atlanta, so I feel the same way about Falcons fans as we all do Saints fans. Actually, I hate all of them, to be honest Bro, with you. Larry, I was going to say that. I, You know, I used to live in Atlanta, too. I probably hate Falcon fans more than I do Saints fans, man. You know, those probably are the most annoying and ignorant fans I've ever encountered. I have to say, I haven't ran into any Falcons fans that really annoyed me that much. Saints and Bucks? Eh, I yeah, hmm. They all the same color to me, man. Any of them want to smoke. Falcons, Saints, Bucks, whoever wanted, they just they can bring it. <laughs> I don't care about none of them. <laughs> black and blue, baby, black and blue. If it ain't that, you know what you can do. <laughs> In the word of Snoop Dogg, we don't love them hoes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shoot, we can end it on that right there. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, we can wrap it up now. <laughs> oh, man. All right, folks, this has been another outstanding podcast episode on the four-man rush. I want to thank you guys for dropping by and uh, checking us out once again. Please tune in uh, next Thursday for another jaw-dropping podcast from the four-man rush. We'll see if Monty drops back in or not. We don't know. Hopefully, Will will be here, but tune in and... You'll find out. <laughs> hey, I'll be here, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be here. That's what's up. That's what Hopefully I'm talking we about. We can rush five, man. We rush five. We understand. Yeah, they don't want that. They don't want that, man. They don't want that. But you might get it anyway. <laughs> All right. So, hey, you guys have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast and enjoying it. Um, this is your host, Timmy Vio, along with Monty, Larry, and Kevin. Big shout out to uh, Norris and Canardo. Uh, big shout out to Will. Get your job done, man. It's always about the grind. And, folks, as always, keep pounding. See, I'm just taking time to really let it breathe. So, baby, just chill. She love it. We out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we come in. The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Foreman Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Foreman Rush exclusively. Thank you.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.